This episode is full of spoilers and contains some not-so-super language. citizens welcome to the fortress of potitude i'm dave michaels i'm brian betts and we are the cape podcasters and this is the show that's here to exacerbate things what does that mean what does what mean exacerbate (laughs) (laughs) who knew that a word joke could be so good people who know words the british (laughs) leave it to the british so many words yeah and they said we know words so well we're going to use sometimes when they don't belong (laughs) going to use words and then we're going to reuse the same words later, and it's going to be even funnier. That's how comedy works, right? Like repetition. <laughs> you just keep doing it till someone laughs. Yeah. That's like the opposite of Daniel Tosh. That's how he digs down deep. He's like, I'm going to keep making the same joke and go down this rabbit hole. It's only one person's laughing. Whereas the British are, I'm going to beat this thing to death, and everyone will be laughing at the <laughs> If end I of say this. it enough times, somebody will start to think it's funny. That's exactly it. This January, we're doing things a little bit differently but not at the same time last january we introduced the not so super movies when we wanted to sober up from the superhero and comic book movies that we generally talk about yeah so for this january we are talking about the three flavors cornetto trilogy also known as the blood and ice cream trilogy Mm. it is pretty much edgar wright's filmography plus baby driver yeah and scott pilgrim we did that already but we already did that's in the past that's right in the past scott pilgrim before that's the, where the past is. Yes, and, right. And now, future <laughs> new movies. Right. The Three Flavors Cornetto trilogy consists of the movie we're talking about today, Shaun of the Dead mm-hmm. from 2004, directed by the Edgar Wright, of course, because right. they all are from now on for at least this month. Yeah, we're starting off 2021 the right way. Okay. That See, you're British now. I did you it. You made a word joke. Good job. Bruv. <laughs> Fam. <laughs> It's going to be followed up next week by Hot Fuzz, and then followed up after that by The World's End. Man, I am excited for this month. Yeah. And then we finished the month off with Baby Driver. With Baby Driver. Which I'm very excited I for. I haven't seen it. That's the one I haven't seen. So I finally have a reason. It's going to be great. Yeah. You've seen all these, I'm assuming. Absolutely. Do you have a favorite right off the bat? I used to think it was Shaun of the Dead, but now I think it might be Hot Fuzz. Yeah, I think mine might be Hot Fuzz, too. But I guess we'll find out yeah. next week. We get to take a deep dive in all these things and yeah. figure it out for ourselves. This is really just selfish of us, isn't it? Oh, 100%. <laughs> but other people like this, so, you know, it's for them, too. I suppose so. Yeah. Shaun of the Dead. That's where we are today, starring Simon Pegg and Nick Frost. Right. And others. And, and others. Other British television comedy folk. Lots of them. There's so many of them. It's crazy. There's so many cameos in this movie that I missed entirely. Yeah. That uh, I guess I just don't know as many British actors as I thought. There's so many. Like, especially from here, they picked out just black books. They picked out The Office. Mm-hmm. I'm sure they picked out other things as well. Others? <laughs> There's happened. a lot. Those are the two that I picked out mainly, though. Yeah. With like Dylan Moran and Lucy Davis, Martin Freeman pops up, Tamsin Grieg is in the, Like, what the hell, movie? What the hell? And Jessica Hines, obviously, spaced. 
There yeah. you go. Should mention that one. That's space, how this whole thing came about. Space is an important thing to I'd mention I'd say it's here. the most important yeah. thing. That's where Simon Pegg and Edgar Wright start working together. Yeah, that's and also where they got the idea for this movie. Right. It's from an episode of Spaced where Tim, under the influence of amphetamines, was playing Resident Evil 2 and was just imagining he hallucinates his life fighting off a zombie invasion. And they're like, hey, let's make this a whole movie. Why not? Perfect. And if that's not a reason to make a movie, then I don't, I don't know, know what, what it is. Do you want to just get into this thing? We might as well. Try not to get any red on you during this thing. I'll try it. We begin, as we always do, with a pint at the Winchester. Yeah, it's my favorite way to begin. I'm so happy we get to do it all the time. Sean, played by Simon Pegg, and his girlfriend Liz, played by Kate Ashfield, are just, you know, at the Winchester talking. And then one by one, we get introduced to other people in the room as they're mentioned, and it's the best thing ever. <laughs> it really is, because you see the two characters sitting at the table, and they're like, it's not like I don't like him, right? It's not like I don't like you. And then it pans, <laughs> and they are so there. good. And that's how we get David, played by Dylan Moran, and Diane, played by Lucy Davis, and then eventually Ed, played by Nick Frost. It's beautiful. Who's playing on a slot machine. It sure is. So good. It's one of those things where I want to say, like, oh, callbacks. Just ex- they're, they're constant. They're yeah. going to happen constantly in this movie. <laughs> Absolutely. Liz is trying to encourage Sean to strengthen their relationship and be more adventurous instead of always hanging out at the pub with Ed. She complains that she hasn't even met his mother, and Sean is just kind of staring blankly into the abyss. Yeah. She should be more interesting. I don't know. Is that where we're going to go? (laughs) (laughs) It's not the way we're going to (laughs) go. Smart. Yeah. Simon Pegg's interesting in this thing. and I mean, it's one of those... Like an adult coming of age story yeah. that, that we're about to tell you. The word listless comes to mind. Why? I don't know. Okay. I couldn't tell you why, <laughs> but it's the word that comes to mind. That's a lot like The word meringue comes to mind. Yeah. No, I get why? that too. I don't know. Well, I don't know. I don't know. He's very white. Like whipped up eggs. Yep. <laughs> They're about to go on a kick. I just finished watching the latest season of Great British Bake Off. Nice. Yeah. Yep. That explains it. It got me in the mood. Meringue. <laughs> Then we get the intro credits, which continuously pan to the right through scenes of regular people performing everyday tasks, but a lot like zombies. I like it. It's it kind cool... of it's like a nice little social commentary very quickly. Yeah. It's nice. And I like that the shifting of the scenes whenever something passes within the, the very front of the field of view and it, it changes the next scene. Sure. It's, it's just filmmaking. He's doing fun film stuff yeah. already. And we're in the opening credits. Good for him. Sean wakes up and joins Ed in the living room to play some PlayStation, but Ed reminds him that he has to go to work. While Sean is getting ready, the way that Edgar Wright has people get ready, which is smash cuts. It's the best because you get that quick zoom on it also, and it's just like bang, 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 bang. And it's like just it's nothing so things great. that you're watching. You're like, you wash his hands, you flush the toilet. It's like, wow, this is incredibly intense. Yeah. And I like it. Sometimes you got to get a little extra juice when you're getting ready in the morning. I, every time I flush the toilet now, I'm just like, my life is Boring. <laughs> I need cuts I need in cuts. my life. I need zooms and cuts. Yep. My Otherwise. life needs to be more cinematic. Same. While Sean's getting ready, Pete confronts him about Ed. Pete's their other roommate. And he's fed up with Ed lounging around all day, freeloading off them, not finding a job. But Sean defends Ed all the time because they're like best friends. He's harmless. He's fun to hang around. And uh, and Pete's like, why? Because he can do... <laughs> Why? Because he can impersonate an orangutan? Fuck a doodle do. Fuck a doodle do has been on my mind since I watched this movie. Yeah, it same. Makes me so happy. And also, how dare you? How dare I? How dare you? How dare I? Peter fucking Serafinowitz. Peter fucking Serafinowitz. It, it's Pete. 
Well, it's Pete's the, the character name. name. Yeah, it's, well, it's his real name, too, believe it or not. Well, how about that? <laughs> That's because not a great actor. I'm just kidding. Oh, God. what is? <laughs> I was going to say, I've, he was the best thing about the latest rendition of The Tick, because he was The Tick, and he was so good at he that. He was very good. No, I just thought it was funny that his name was Pete. Fair enough. <laughs> and he's also the voice of Darth Maul. It was like I named him without yeah. having to name him. That's not how that works. You got to show respect, bro. Must I? <laughs> He doesn't look like he would be a funny man, and he's an extremely funny man. That's true. He looks very serious. Yeah. And then he's not. Right. And it's the best. It really is. Pete and Sean leave for work, leaving Ed to take down any phone messages that come in during the day. And as Sean is leaving, Liz calls and is like, Sean, you should call the restaurant and book our our dinner an hour earlier. And Sean doesn't get that message. No. He just goes to work. On Sean's bus ride to work, we get several hints that things aren't exactly right. Right. Like, you know, people around doing weird stuff it's funny because it's like again social commentary on just this is the monotonous life of a brit yep we're all zombies really (laughs) (laughs) sean arrives at work which is an electronic store where he manages a bunch of shitty teenagers yeah hey dave dream no yeah you're like nothing into this movie i know this is an actual imdb trivia fact all the staff at the electronic store are chewing gum (laughs) great okay why just no, that full stop. That's the, okay. that's the that's the fact. Got it. Thank you. Just the facts, ma'am. <laughs> Sean's stepdad, Philip, played by Bill Nye. Not that one. Not the science guy. He kind of deserves a fucking. He does, doesn't he? Yeah. Bill fucking Nye. Yeah. Again, not the science guy. I bet he knows a thing or two about science. He might know a little science stuff. He's been around the world, just because he's old, mostly. <laughs> yeah. I feel like it'd be confusing though if he was like the other side. Bill Nye, the other science guy. <laughs> The British one? <laughs> oh, I like that, though. There's branding there. I yeah, like can that. Can you imagine that? Bill Nye, the, the British science guy. I just want to address- I made him Australian. This is Bill Nye here. I just want to address everyone, all the kids out there. It's called fucking aluminum. This is Bill Nye. <laughs> it's, it's aluminium. Aluminium. Don't listen to that bow tie clad fuck. <laughs> oh, I like that they're fighting. They have That's to. That's fun. Yeah. They have the same name. <laughs> That's how that works, right? Well, I mean, Nye is, is it Nye or Nye? Because it's got the Y. Oh, it could be Nye. It probably is Nye, but. But at that point, uh, the science guy Could be. That's That sounds very English. <laughs> I would watch that. Yeah, I would. <laughs> he visits Sean at work to remind him of his bi-monthly visit to his mum. Not mom. Mum. This is a British movie. Gotta remind ourselves. Sean clearly does not like his stepfather. No, he reminds us of that often. Yes. It's not my dad. <laughs> Liz calls while he's trying to discipline one of the teenagers for taking a personal call. So he pretends it's a work call, and then he misses what Liz is talking about, which is, of course, booking dinner Yeah, because he's fucking around. Because he's fucking trying around. Trying to be cool in front of this kid. And he can't be cool in front of this kid. He already put a red pen in his white shirt. You've got red and on him. He's you. got red on him. Yeah. Sean buys flowers for his mum and notices a homeless man trying to eat pigeons. <laughs> you know, when you say it that way, it's a little insane. Well, I mean, hey, the homeless people in New York do that stuff all the time. That's a good point. I feel so. like they like back alley it, though. This guy's on a park. Yeah, he's just out in the open yeah. chasing pigeons, trying to eat their heads off. Yeah. On his way home, Sean bumps into Yvonne, played by Jessica Hines. Jessica fucking Hines. Sure. I don't know who any of these people are. So. Ryan. What? She's the girl from Spaced. They created it together. <laughs> yeah, I've never seen any. Okay. I've never seen Spaced at okay. all. Okay. So, realistically, what's happening here? We need to ed- educate you on British television comedies. I mean, if you must. I must. You're missing out on some gold. Okay. Pretty much what Spaced is, if you really want to break it down. Simon Pegg, Jessica Hines, 
I don't think she was Heinz then. Not important. They both need roommates. They both just got out of a relationship. And the place where they try to move into needs a professional couple, which means they need to obviously be together. Ah. And they just fake it. That's sure. it. And then they just, that's what they do now. Okay. And that's pretty much spaced. And it's real nerdy and it's great and I love it. That sounds fantastic. Where can I watch it? I don't know. Oh, thanks. <laughs> what kind of help are you? I'll have it on Blu-ray. I think I think it's somewhere over there. You could borrow it. <laughs> but I don't know if it's streaming anywhere. I didn't I've watched it a bunch of times already. Oh, okay. I have not. I could tell. So now it's on my list. Yeah, but now you gotta watch Black Books also. Uh, what is that? It's Dylan Moran, the guy who plays David. Yeah. He owns a bookstore and he hates everybody. It's I mean, amazing. He gets really angry at selling books because now he has to call the distributor to get more. <laughs> That's a dumb reason to get mad. No, it's not when you don't want to work. I just don't like the cut of his jib. It's a good jib. It's no, a good it's, cut of it's it. not. Of said jib. He's yeah, got it a, is. He's got a super punchable face. Yeah. Like the most punchable yeah, face. Yeah, now imagine him wearing all black and just being even more of a fucking prick. I, That's black books. It is so good. Uh, okay. Bill Bailey's in that too. I'm just gonna say names of people you don't know. Simon yeah. Pegg. He pops up in Black Books also. Uh, who's Simon Pegg? God damn it! <laughs> uh, this is so disappointing. I know who Simon Pegg is. I hope so. <laughs> He's the American Idol guy, right? Yes, he is. <laughs> <laughs> Yvonne asks how everything's getting on with Liz, which triggers his memory about booking the table for that evening. So we cut to Sean at home, desperately trying to call the restaurant to change the time, only to find out that they're fully booked. And when Liz calls, Sean's like. Well, why don't we go to the Winchester? And then, of course, Liz hangs up on him. As she should. So Sean grabs the flowers that he bought for his mum, and he goes to Liz's place to make amends. And she launches into a tirade, listing all the promises Sean's broken, and tells him how she's tired of putting up with a relationship that's clearly going nowhere. Yep. So she, breaks, so. she breaks up with him. That's it. I get it. Oh, definitely. <laughs> it makes perfect sense. She is totally right to do all of this. Yes, except what does she do? I don't know. I think that's one of the things that's missing from this is she's dumping him pretty much just because Sean is kind of like a loser yeah. for the most part. He's very comfortable in his ways of, I want to always go to the pub. I work at this store and I'm not really going anywhere. Yeah. But what does she do? We don't actually know that. And I we, feel like that's important. We should know what she does. You're yeah. right. What makes a girl that looks like her want to be with a guy who is Simon Peck? <laughs> scripts <laughs> that's a good point <laughs> when you write the thing you could do whatever you want yep naturally sean makes his way to the winchester in the rain throwing his mother's flowers in the trash outside the pub meeting with ed and they spend a night drinking heavily it is heavily i love it it's great have you ever done that after you got broken up with you just, just go to gone town? directly to the bar i've never done that no okay that's an english thing it's got to be an english thing i feel like they're usually going to the bar anyway now they just have an excuse yeah now it's like oh Guess I better it's go to the pub. not just Wednesday anymore. Now, now it's, it's breakup Wednesday. Wednesday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Maybe. Okay. It wasn't intentional if I have. No. That's, that's No, it wasn't. And what's interesting about this whole bar scene also is that this movie is obviously scripted. What? Written by Simon Pegg and Edgar Wright. But a lot of the things that happen in this movie will come back and they had to be done in such a certain way mm -hmm. in order to get the feeling across of like, oh, something's wrong here. Something like you, you see very, again, monotonous things that just shouldn't have any reasoning for being interesting at all. Yeah. Like when he's walking to the shop at the beginning of this thing and you, we watch him walk out of his flat and he just walks across the street. He sees a kid with a soccer ball, he, uh, sees a homeless guy and he gives him money. Yeah. He walks into the shop, he pays the guy, the guy wants the money, yada, yada, yada. And then he walks back. 
And that's the scene. Like it shouldn't, there's nothing interesting about right. it, but it's so damn memorable that it's. Well, it's a one shot, which helps. It is. And I mean, having seen this now and we're about to get to it, it comes back mm-hmm. in the exact same way. But things had to be done in such a certain way that this scene is interesting because it's all improv Right. Nick Frost improvs the backstories for the people in the bar that Sean's pointing out and whatnot. And it's very, very good. Apparently there were only two scenes in the whole movie that were improv and this is one of them. Yeah. It's really hard to do, and it's really impressive when it works. Yeah. Well, it's because most of the jokes in this movie are callbacks that it had to be scripted right. in a way that they didn't leave a lot of room for. That show's kind of like mastery of script writing there. When oh, you Think yeah. about it. If you know, like, I set this thing up now, I have to make it pay off in a memorable way later. Chekhov's giggle. That's it. That's what they'll call it in every <laughs> screenwriting class I've ever been to. So drunk and singing, the two make their way home, not noticing several zombies along the way. Yeah, well, they're very drunk. They're extremely drunk. I get it. They get home, they continue to sing and play loud techno music until Pete wakes up and he storms it's in. It's not techno. It's electro. That's <laughs> what Nick Frost says. <laughs> right. It's the second album I ever bought. <laughs> Pete storms in, he throws the record out the window, verbally attacking Ed and telling Sean to sort his life out. I don't actually know what Pete does either. I don't know either, but I know he has to get up early to go to work. On a weekend. Right. On a Sunday, in fact. That's right. So- I don't know what he does. It's Saturday. He's like, no, it's Sunday, and And I got to get up to go to work. So what do you do, Pete? I don't know. This is very weird. He's got an okay car? No, he has a car. It's it's a car. I don't know. It's very weird because it's like I'm not thinking – I'm obviously getting nitpicky with it. I'm not thinking about that stuff when I'm watching it. Oh, no, not at all. But on, like, reflection, I'm like, all right, so you have all these people picking on Sean, but we don't know any of their lives. Yeah. We know that Ed doesn't work. No. He's been freeloading there for – who knows how long? Who knows? We do know that all these people like live together. So like, there's yes. there's three people in this flat. Yes. And there's three people in the other flat. Well, does David live there? I don't know. I think it's inferred that he does. Yeah. I don't know. So, I mean, I can't imagine any of them are, are doing too well in the job department. It's very weird. Yeah. Or maybe it's just that expensive there. Maybe. England. I don't know. Ed notices that Pete's hand is bandaged, and Pete tells him that a crackhead bit him when he got <laughs> mugged. And then he shouts at them one last time for leaving the front door open again yep. and, and returns to his room. Yes. Because Sean's always leaving the door open. Well, I like how he came back down to earth for a hot second. Sean's like, uh, Liz broke up with me. And he's like, well, just keep it down. Yeah, keep like, it down. Good, you know what? Good on you. He clearly does care about Sean right. a little, yeah. which is nice. Thinks Ed could fuck right off, though. Well, I, I can imagine that Ed would get a little annoying after a certain amount of time. Yeah. Uh, this movie is 99 minutes and got a little annoying. After about 30 minutes for me. (laughs) Like, the way people get mad at Star-Lord in Infinity War and don't get mad at Ed in this movie, I don't understand. It doesn't make any sense. Like, it could be revealed that Ed was actually the one who started the entire zombie thing, and people would still be like, ah, but he's funny. He's very funny. I want to be friends with him. It's like, I fucking don't think I do. No, I I think that would be taxing. Yes, it would be. (laughs) He's one of those friends you want to just, like, short burst. Right. It's like, well, we can hang out like once a year? Yeah. <laughs> hey, do the monkey thing. All right, I feel good now. Yeah. See ya. Call you next year. The next morning, Sean walks down to the corner shop for a drink and a Cornetto for Ed. Still hungover, he's completely oblivious to the carnage surrounding him. There's smashed cars, blood-stained ground and windows, corpses lying on sidewalks and front porches, police and ambulance sirens in the distance, hordes of zombies slowly flooding the streets, and he is completely clueless to all of it. Clueless. It's amazing. He goes into the store. There's 
bloody hands on the... He slips on blood on the floor at one point. How do you not... I mean, I've been hungover, but I don't know if I've ever been that hungover. Slipping on blood on the floor hungover? Yeah. Yeah. And not realizing it? Yeah. Staring at that... What do you get? Like a diet Coke or whatever it yeah. is? <laughs> That's not what I want. Intriguing. No. Not even close. No, not at all. Apparently... The reason that Ed gets the the Cornetto is because that is what Edgar Wright, that's his go-to for hangovers. Really? Yeah. Okay. So there you go. There you go. There, that's how it all started. Strawberry Cornetto. That's the move. That is the move. It's kind of where the name started. Yeah. The three flavors Cornetto. Edgar Wright eventually said that at the rap party for this movie, they started handing out Cornettos. And him and Simon Pegg liked it so much, they're like, we should put Cornettos in every movie to get three Cornettos. <laughs> That's a great reasoning. I love <laughs> they it. They said hot fuzz. They didn't get any at the after party. But the world's end, they did again. Oh. So which said two out of three ain't bad. Meatloaf math. math. There you go. Three flavors Cornetto trilogy. That's how it gets its name. Because they like to eat them at rap parties for free. Bam. Back of the flat, Sean skips through the TV channels, past entertainment channels and news reports of the incidents. And the way that this is cut together is oh, my man. favorite thing. Mwah. Although no one official is prepared to comment, religious groups are calling it Judgment Day. There's panic in the streets of London as an increasing number of reports of serious attacks on people who are literally being eaten alive. But witness reports are sketchy. (laughs) One unifying detail seems to be that the attackers, in many instances, appear to be dead excited to have us here. (laughs) It's so well done. It's amazing. I love it. And it's it might be my favorite gag of the movie. You think so? It might be. I'm not sure. Okay. It's a good one. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's fantastic. And then Ed tells Sean there's a girl in the garden. Yeah, the movie's about to start, isn't it? Yeah. In a lot of ways. In a lot of ways. There's a lot of buildup that the main characters have been completely oblivious to up until right now. And that's kind of fun to, to be around as an audience member because yeah. you're going like, when's it happening? We obviously are watching the world slowly yeah. d- get destroyed and these characters live in their lives. Just completely have n- just hung over on a Sunday and right. no idea the world has ended. Yes. That's amazing. What a premise for a movie. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Out in the garden, they try to get the girl who is clearly a zombie. They say can't believe how drunk she is. Right? They're like, she's so drunk. I get that. Yeah. She attacks them, and Sean pushes her back, and she trips and impales herself on a metal pole. Yeah. And then she starts to stand up, and they're like, oh. That shot is so good. How When she stands up and you see her, like, the pole slide out of her chest as it just sits there, and then the hole itself, you see through her. Frames their reaction. And it's like, oh, it is so good. So good. Another zombie shows up, and they go back inside. That's the right move. Yeah. When there's one zombie... All right. You're Two like, zombies? No. No. This Especially is... when I wasn't expecting to see one zombie. Right. You turn around and there's a big fat zombie with bloody chin coming yeah. at you? No, thanks. Nope. Inside I go. Sean calls the police, but the line's busy. It's engaged. It's engaged. That's, that's what the British say. <laughs> Did you call the fire department? It's engaged. It's the same number, Ed. A zombie with a severed arm makes his way inside because Sean left the front door open again, and they throw stuff at it. Yeah. I actually really like how it's Sean who's leaving the front door open. Yeah. Because- you are led to believe it's Ed. It seems like an Ed move, but yeah, it's, yeah. It's definitely Sean. It's totally Sean. Ed eventually kills it by smashing an ashtray on its head, and he's like, all right, now we know how to kill him. So they go back outside to the garden, take on the other two zombies by throwing stuff at their heads. The records. And I like how they're going through the- It's not until they find their record that Pete threw out the night before on right. the ground that they're like, and they throw it at him and it sticks in him. They're like, all right, <laughs> let's throw records at him. Sure, because that's what you want to do here. Yeah. I don't know. It's a fun scene. It makes no sense. Oh, yeah. They go through Sean's record collection, throwing everything they dislike at the at the zombies, yeah. like the Batman soundtrack and Dire Straits. 
I went to buy the Batman soundtrack once. Yeah. Ironically. Like, totally knowing it's not great by right. any means. I was like, I want Batman soundtrack. And that day, their card reader was down, and I looked at my wallet. It's like, man, I haven't carried actual physical cash in <laughs> God knows how long. Yeah, you know what? Maybe I don't need the Batman soundtrack that after bad. all. I'm good. I'm certainly not going to come back for the Batman soundtrack. No, 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 no. Because I still want to have my dignity. If it was the Batman score, it'd be different. Yeah. No, it was the soundtrack. But the soundtrack, yeah. Well, it's one thing. Like, it took courage on my part. I'm a very courageous boy for going up to this cash register and talking to a fellow human being. Right. While holding, holding the Batman soundtrack on vinyl. <laughs> and then him saying, the card is down. And me having to think out my next move. It's hmm. like, wow. Maybe he was testing you. I passed. In, in that mind. moment, he was like, this guy doesn't really want to buy this. Let me make sure. <laughs> I did want to buy it. Yeah, well. That's, that's, you know what? He saved a life, really. That's what he did. Not all heroes wear capes. Sometimes they wear a tiny little name badge and <laughs> tell you their was it a lanyard? card is broken. No, it was not. <laughs> so when throwing records at the zombies fails, Sean bashes down the shed door, and they arm themselves with a cricket bat and a shovel, and they beat the zombies to death. They sure do, and I like how violent it is. You just see them yeah. getting exhausted and just the shit out of them. Getting more red on themselves. That's right. Back inside, Sean and Ed are finally aware of what's going on. I love it to smash cut back inside, too. Yeah. And you just see Sean sitting there with a cup of tea. Like, it's beautiful. While Ed's licking the top of the Cornetto. Yeah. I love it. The news reporter on TV tells people to contain anyone who's been bitten. And suddenly, they remember Pete. So they call upstairs to him and get no response. They're like, maybe he's at work. I don't know. I love the way Ed tries to get Pete's attention. Hi, you twit! And there's no response. He's like, nah, he's not home. <laughs> <laughs> Sean tries to call Liz, but can't get through because the line's engaged. Says, Ed, of course. Already? Already? (laughs) (laughs) British words, man. Again, there it is. Sean's mom, Barbara, calls and tells him that some men are trying to attack her and Philip outside the house, but only Philip was bitten. So Sean's like, okay, cool. Oh, that's fine. Penelope Wilton. Yeah. Is that a Penelope fucking Wilton? I don't know. I'm not sure. She's very good in the things that she's in. Okay. She's the prime minister for a little while in uh, Doctor Who. Oh, right. Yeah. I do know her. Yeah, but I don't know anything else that she's been in. Uh, No, she popped up, I think, in uh, Downton, too. She's very good in Doctor Who. Yeah. Give her a fucking. Yeah. Penelope fucking Wilton. There you go. She earned it. Sean and Ed go through their plans to rescue his mom and Liz, kill Philip, and rendezvous with the Winchester, grab a pint, and wait for all this to blow over. I love that line. It's so good. It's so good. It just really sets up the whole movie, because- as they're figuring out the plan, I like how you have this elaborate plan, the first one. Mm-hmm. It's not even elaborate. It just takes longer to explain it. Yeah. And then you get to see all the reactions like, oh, I'm so sorry, Philip. And then he's like, no, no, that's not going to work. So the next play, he's like, sorry, Philip. And then the last one, he's like, all right. Yeah, <laughs> we can't, come, we can't come back here. And then, then they change it to the Winchester. Yeah, it's- It's the Winchester. That's where they so have to good. go. But I just think it's amazing because it's like setting up this story as this is just an inconvenience to yeah. their everyday, <laughs> more or less. Like, it's just a change. Like, well, this is annoying. Well, I guess we're just going to have to go to the pub and wait for this to clear up. It's kind of like here in New England how we're just like, oh, it's going to snow. Yeah. Well, damn. Well. All right. I guess we have to plan my day around that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, a blizzard? Okay. Fine. I guess I'll stay in Gives me a shovel before I go to the grocery store. Right. <laughs> this whole movie's just a, a major inconvenience to these lazy characters. Yeah. Sean goes to the bathroom before leaving, only to discover a naked and zombified Pete in the shower. And it's another smash cut to a flushing toilet, which I love. And then it is proper naked Pete. Yeah. With with the glazed over eyes. Yeah. And before he can do anything, Sean's like, 
Let's go. Gotta go. So he and Ed take Pete's car to Philip and Barbara's house. And this kind of sets up the whole thing how Ed is just like, you know, I've always wanted to drive Pete's car. Can I drive? Yada, yada. Yeah. So, I mean, Sean just entertains him, I guess. It's like, sure. (laughs) (laughs) I love this drive to his mom's house because on the radio, you hear all this important news stuff happening. They're like, oh, the living are coming back to life. And you see like a body bag out of an ambulance. And yeah. The body's like- The body's it. wriggling around. such a around. good visual. And then, of course, you have Ed. It's like, ah, fuck this. And he turns on music. It's like, <laughs> what are you doing, Ed? <laughs> like, that is important information. Yeah, like, right we there. should be listening to this. Yeah. This is news. Exactly. have a cassette tape in 2004. Yeah. <laughs> It really sets it up well, even though yeah. it's not his car, but not the point. Right. Why Does he just always carry around a cassette tape with him then? I'm not sure. Because uh, that gives me more yeah, character it's, questions. Uh, it's a British move, probably. Maybe. They're well known for their cassette tapes, their personalized music that they bring everywhere. Just in case. You never know. You never know. You never know. You never know when you're going to come across a tape player. <laughs> <laughs> Phillips Jaguar immediately catches Ed's eye, and he convinces Sean to let him wait in the car as a lookout. Sure. So Sean goes in. Barbara is like, oh, hi, Sean. I'm going to make you some tea. And he's like, yeah, sure, whatever. And while she's doing that, he goes to kill Philip. Yep. Uh, but he finds out that Philip is still pretty alive. He's, he's very alive, even though he's staring at a TV all zombie-like. And he's like, did you bring the flowers? And Sean freaks out. It's like, <laughs> this is so good. I love it. So Sean convinces both of them to come with him and Ed. And outside, Ed has intentionally crashed Pete's car so they can ride in the Jaguar. Correct. He it was, as Sean said, you are parked. <laughs> it's such a good line. <laughs> but I also love how much Philip, he's just so British. It's ridiculous because his reaction to getting bit was, I ran it under a tap. Yeah, I ran it under a cold <laughs> tap. <laughs> like, what? what is this? <laughs> it's like, I understand that British people, like in the face of crisis, they're just like, yeah, this is annoying. <laughs> Fine. <laughs> All right. Now what? This whole movie is so British. It's it really amazing. is. amazing. So everybody gets into the Jaguar as another zombie attacks and bites Philip in the neck. That's a worse spot to get bit. Not going to be able to run that one under a tap. No. Well, you so, can. Yeah, you could. You but can. not while you're getting into a Jaguar. No. So the four of them get into the car and they drive to Liz's apartment building. At Liz's flat, Sean tells Ed to stay outside in the car on lookout again. Yeah. Well, he says, keep moving. Keep moving. Right. And, well, this is also as they're driving the Jag and Ed is just hitting zombies along right. the way. <laughs> just intentionally running over zombies. It's phenomenal right he just wants the speed he wants to drive this jag yeah that's it dozens of zombies are swarming outside the apartment building and sean gets cornered at the front door so he climbs up to the fourth floor window like he said he was gonna do before he got broken up right i like how they open the window but no one helps him in yeah (laughs) inside sean convinces liz david and diane to come with him and ed and barbara and philip to the winchester for safety right and we need to have a talk about this okay about general zombie survival yeah they're in this fourth floor flat. Yeah. They could not be in a better place. Pretty safe. Yeah? Yeah. Because, I mean, what's stopping it? A door that these zombies are not going to get through, most likely? Because nope. these are the type of zombies that are very slow. Not even Sean could get through the door. Right. So <laughs> the right. zombies don't stand a great chance. What are they doing here? I don't know. Maybe they're worried about food? Rations? Okay. I I, I don't even think that's it. I, I think got nothing. There was Sean no Sean treated them like a... Like a kitchen appliance and just sold them yeah that's all it was yeah but yeah they left like the ultimate place to live this thing out honestly there's fewer places i'd rather be than that apartment when this whole thing goes down yeah i agree 
So the four of them make their way outside, clubbing zombies to get to the car. And then Sean finally introduces Liz to his mom. While a bleeding Philip is still sitting in the backseat holding his oh, yeah. neck. <laughs> like, That's who I want to be. Oh, hi, mom. Who's this bleeding yeah, guy? Who's the bleeding guy? <laughs> he's not my dad. Stop asking who's my dad. Not even no if there's a fire. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> On the way to the Winchester, Philip tells Sean that he took a tough attitude toward him to help him become better. Yeah, I get it. I mean, he says he's like, I met you when you were 12. Yeah, like, like you were already grown. You were already grown. I was just trying to be a, a good influence, and I right? hope you look up to me. And then he tells Sean he loves him. And then he dies. Yeah. Just take care of your mom. And then Sean is like super emotional. And he tells Ed to pull over. And Ed won't pull over. He tells Ed to pull over. Finally, Ed like does a burnout. Yeah. (laughs) He's like, oh, everyone's all right. He's like, no. Full on donut. Philip's gone. He's like, where is he gone? (laughs) Where is he gone? He's like, mom, Philip's dead. And she's like, no, he isn't. And Philip is already a zombie. Yeah. So they all get out of the car. It's a funny thing that this movie does with the zombies because- you get your instant turns, mm-hmm. and then you also get like these long dramatic turns. And I wonder if it's like the bite itself. Maybe could be. Could be. I mean, it was a more serious wound. So yeah, it I don't think quicker, the, maybe? I don't think your body can heal from a zombie bite. Right. I don't think your blood could coagulate. Yeah, it's just a slower death. Right. So I mean, Pete got bit in the hand, and it took him overnight. all night yeah. to turn, and he presumably died in the shower. Yeah, which is weird. That is very weird. <laughs> what do you think about it? But here, Philip, obviously, he could have probably survived quite some time with just the well, yeah. single bite. Yeah. But yeah the especially because he ran under a tap. That's exactly it. But the neck bite. I think it's just however severe the bite is, how long it would take to kill you. And then once, once you die, that's, okay. you're, you're a zombie. It's funny because it's one of those things of we're so conditioned to think about the rules of things. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But when I'm watching this, I don't think about it at all. What are the rules? Not even a little bit. It's like after on reflection, I'm like, oh, hold on a second. What are the rules? On this? No, it's a- oh. uh, I'm quoting another British show. What show? I can't remember the name of it. Are you sure it's British? It's got a British guy in it. Okay. <laughs> it's a British guy who asks what the rules are. Was it John Oliver? No. Was it Community? <laughs> no. That's not like I'm imagining you thinking. is like it had one British guy in it. It might only be one British guy. <laughs> that doesn't make it a British show, Brian. Oh, uh, Hello Ladies, Stephen Merchant. He is very British. But he, I think he might be the only British person in the show. I'm... Almost positive that he is. Yeah. But he's always asking, what are the rules? He's so good in that show, too. He's that so good in everything. phenomenal. Who am I kidding? We'll see him next week in Hot Fuzz. Yes, we will. <laughs> I already forgot. Yeah, he's there. So now that they're all out in the open and vulnerable, the six of them make their way through some backyards of the local houses to avoid the zombies on the street. They do, but at the same time, Ed gets called out here because he's taking the long way. Because he just wants to drive this Jag. Because even Sean says, like, no, if you just cut through there, it goes right to the Winchester. He's like, no, nah, no. Nah. They're already out of the jag. I'm saying when they were still driving. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Ed takes the fucking long way because, of course, he does. Ed sucks so hard. Ed I've, is. And I've seen this movie a ton of a times. pain in the ass and the my whole way God, through. he's annoying. <laughs> he's awful. He really is. There's almost nothing redeeming about him. No, there really isn't. So while they're walking along these back streets, they bump into Yvonne and her group of people who bear a striking resemblance to Sean's team. They mirror it. It's a great bit, and it's very short, and it's out of the way, and we're like, cool, Yvonne's still in the movie. I would have to imagine this is kind of like a big thing with Martin Freeman and Lucy Davis. Oh, yeah. Again, since they were- And Matt Lucas. I love Matt Lucas. That's what they were. I actually had to look it up and see, because when I saw him walk by, I was like, that's Matt fucking Lucas. That's Matt fucking Lucas. I didn't recognize him with hair. 
He hasn't had hair since he was like 14. <laughs> I don't know that because he was hosting with Noah Fielding on the Great British Bake Off this season. <laughs> well, well, there you go. <laughs> How about that? <laughs> I got Mal Lucas on the brain. I can't help it. There are worse things to have in the brain. Yeah, that's where Tamsin Grieg is also. She's got the hat. She mirrors the Lucy Davis guy yeah. on the other side. She's great. There's all sorts of fun people in this scene. Yep. But both teams go their separate ways because Yvonne's like, you're going to the Winchester? Okay. All right. Good luck. <laughs> when they're just one yard away from the Winchester, Sean notices that his mom- Not like a three feet. Like no, no, no. A like, proper like, like a yard. Like a lawn. Yes. Like, like a, a garden, right. I think is what they call it over yonder. Right. Across the pond. Exactly. You're not going to move the chains. That's what it is. It's not like, oh, right. third and one. It's not that. No, no, no. This, right. is, this is a proper somebody's backyard. A garden, I think is what they call it there. Yeah. That's what I literally just said. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you're doing the repeating a joke for humor's sake. Yeah. Faking nope. that I forgot that you already said that two seconds ago. Nailed it. I'm the best. <laughs> Sean notices that his mom is missing and quickly jumps back into the previous yard off a trampoline. And an awesome action move. It's great. That nobody expected from him. Well, it's because she keeps saying, like, doesn't this person live here or whatever? Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. And... What does it? <laughs> yeah, he did. Yeah, but, not but anymore. now he's dead there. Now he's a zombie. So he fends off this pajama-clad <laughs> zombie, and then they impale the zombie against a tree, immobilizing him but not killing him. Right. Which is good. It's great. It's very helpful. Yeah, because when Sean checks over the fence to see if the coast is clear. Oh, God, I love that shot so much. They discover that there are hundreds of undead swarming the street in front of the Winchester. Right. Uh, Sean says he's going to go check to see if the coast is clear. And he just, in the same shot, he stands up on this little toy slide that's yeah. there and you see his legs. When he comes back, he's just, oh God, he is not looking good. Nope. <laughs> Simon Pegg is crushing it. Oh, absolutely. I always forget that he's like a good actor. Yeah. I always know he's like a funny actor. Right. But he's a very good actor. Absolutely. And it's going to even get better. Really, really soon. Yes, it is. Sean has an idea. Diane is an actress in training, so she coaches everybody. <laughs> is that what we call a failed actress? I, I guess so. <laughs> All right. Politically correct. <laughs> Got it. She coaches the others to mimic the actions and sounds of the zombie that's impaled on the tree so they can sneak through the crowd of zombies unsuspected. Right. And they all practice doing their zombie things. This is the only thing I like where Ed says, like, I'll do it on the day. It's <laughs> so, so good. good. But I even like how when they're trying to show what they're doing, he's just texting. Yeah. Again, because he just doesn't yeah. give a shit. Who's he texting at this point? I don't know. But uh, this scene actually made me really, really hate David. He's very bad. I think the the most redeeming thing about Ed is that David's a bigger asshole. That's fair. And not by like just being an aloof, stupid slacker guy. Sure. Just by, by being a proper asshole. He's trying to be an yeah. asshole. Like, he's intentionally being yeah, a dick. going out of his way to suck hard. Yeah. Whereas Ed doesn't know that he sucks hard. Right. Which is endearing. He thinks everybody loves him. Right. Which kind of helps. Yes. Everybody love him. <laughs> Go figure. And meanwhile, David's just like, oh, okay, yeah, I'll do my zombie impression. Uh. 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 <laughs> that's how you get eight. Yeah, that's not going to help you along the line. The plan seems to be working. They make their way across the street, and as they get to the, the, the <laughs> pub doors, they realize that they are locked. Yes. And the zombies are starting to notice them. Yes. And then Ed gets a phone call. Because of course he does. Because of course he does. He says, two seconds, goes and sits down, and takes the fucking phone call. He sure does. Who is calling him? I don't know. Probably the person he was texting. I, I think it was someone trying to buy drugs off him. Uh, that makes sense. Because they oh, said he, he does have a job. weed every now and then. <laughs> And he's like, no, man, no, man. It's like, hang up the fucking 
phone. Yeah, Sean knocks the phone away and he berates Ed finally. Like the first time in the movie, he's actually like mad at Ed. Right, at the worst possible moment. Right, and he's like saying that he spent his whole life covering for Ed's failures and follow-ups. And now all of the zombies are looking at them. Every single one of them, which is weird for a zombie to do. Yeah, I like that Sean is yelling at him and somebody like tapped him on the shoulder and you never even see who it is. You just see the hand come up the shoulder and he's like, ah. And he finishes (laughs) yelling at Ed and then he's like, all right, what? And all of the zombies are looking at them. Yeah, but you would think that these zombies would make a motion to it, but it's funnier if they don't. It's funnier if they're all just That's what standing counts. there staring. Yeah. So David, being David, he throws a trash can through the window so they can get inside. Right, after Sean said there's another way in. Right, Sean repeatedly saying, there's a way in, there's a way in. Nope. David throws a trash can through the window. So to make sure that the zombies don't follow them, Sean distracts them and leads them away while the others scramble inside. Right. It's very frustrating because David openly says, like, I'm going to break the window. And Sean's yeah. like, no, don't. You're going to give them a way in. We're not going to be able to protect that then once we're inside. Yeah. And then Sean skedaddles saying, oh, follow me, follow me, follow me. And the zombies follow him. They all do. And Barbara spots the flowers that Sean bought for her and she takes them with her into the pub. Yes. Because why not? Because they were still in the trash can. Yes, they were. And- trash flowers are better than no flowers, right? I guess. I guess. Trash Flowers sounds like a band from the 90s. It sure does. Yeah. Trash Flowers. <laughs> I would listen to the Trash Flowers. I totally would. Definitely from Seattle. Oh, 100%. Without a doubt. Yeah. There's a plaid shirt tied around a waist <laughs> and jorts. <laughs> jorts. Hours pass and Sean is not returned. David suggests blocking up the shattered window since the street in front of the pub is still deserted. But Liz is like, nope, Sean's going to come back. And David bitches about the whole thing. The whole situation, the whole time. He pretty much says exactly what Sean said about the window being broken. Yeah. <laughs> the barricading of it. And he's like, oh, if Sean's not going to be here, then someone's going to step up and be the leader. It might as well be me. No. That, that's a terrible idea, David. The worst idea, David. <laughs> what I also love here is this is when I noticed that Liz says David like Alexis says David. <laughs> David. <laughs> David. 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 I can't not say it like Moira. David. One of those. David. Because <laughs> Alexis kind of like just spews like, David. David. It's so good. I'm convinced that's just how she got the job. Just, oh, uh, sure. Why not? Daniel Levy just pretty much went up and just said, say my name. David. Hired. It. Done. <laughs> On the spot. Book it. <laughs> Sean eventually makes it back to the pub through the back door, saying that he uh, he gave him the slip. Yeah. Seemed the, easy enough. And then the group boards up the front window and secures the locked doors and- here we are. We're at the Winchester. Yeah, they ask, what's his plan now? And uh, that's our second improvised scene, isn't it? Because it's a smash cut to Sean saying, who would like a peanut? Yes. <laughs> and, yes. and everyone is just miserable because clearly there was no plan. Right. And it's funny because before that, David is like, what is he going to have us do? Just sit here and drink and eat peanuts? Yes. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. It, and you know what? Fail to plan, plan to fail. Yeah. He clearly had it in his head. He just knew he needed to get to the Winchester. Right. And from there, just wait for it to blow over. That's it. It was part of the plan. It's true. The block's power is restored, and the group decides they should check for updates on the TV. So Sean goes to the back room to turn on the main circuit breakers. When he turns the lights on, he's shocked to discover that the zombies followed him back and are massing the window outside the back door. He turns the light on, and it is such a good shot. It's so good. Simon Pegg's reaction is just like, oh, shit. Oopsie. I love he turns the lights off and then pulls the blind down and then walks away. Yeah. But I didn't realize that when he goes back into the bar and you see Liz on the TV, mm-hmm. how she's changing the channels and every single one says like, oh, technical failure or whatever it Stay is. Stay tuned down. or Stay whatever, tuned. yeah. Like that is so disheartening to see. And that was the first time I'm just like, 
even the Discovery Channel. Man, you guys are in a lot of trouble here. This world is completely broken. Yeah. That was like, my heart sank for them. And I've seen this a thousand times again. And you're like, oh, Oof. it's not a good look. No. I like that the way the shot is framed, too. You can tell that nobody saw Sean come back into the room. That's a good point. So nobody has seen the expression on Sean's face yet. Right. So he walks up to Liz and he's like, uh, we have a problem. <laughs> it turns out that he didn't quite give him the slip. No. So she's like, all right, well, maybe we'll just stay really quiet. Yeah. I yes. feel like we already, everybody already knows what's going to happen next. Yeah. What's Ed going to do? Fucking Ed. <laughs> Fuck a doodle do. Fuck a doodle do. Turns on the slot machine that he was playing in the opening yes. scene. It's so noisy. It is. And they all yell, Ed, no. Which, right. Which doesn't help the it's noise not situation. <laughs> so the zombies surround the outside of the pub in the front and the back entrances and are battering the doors to get inside. And just then, the zombie pub owner comes in yep. to the room, just like, hey, guys. Yeah. <laughs> but like, not with words so much as just like. <laughs> the subtitles helped. Were there subs? I didn't even. When you translate. No, Brian, no. <laughs> Why would that be a thing? <laughs> I don't watch movies with subtitles. I don't know. I don't either. I think people who do are monsters. <laughs> I true. almost did with this one. No. Just because of British accents and crunchy food. Does a British accent throw you off that much? No, not at all, but crunchy oh. food. Okay. Sometimes I can't hear British accents over the food I'm eating. Now, hold on. This is <laughs> <laughs> this is a very specific issue. Now, let's say that American accent, you're eating crunchy food. No problem. Okay. What if it's like an Australian accent or a New Zealand accent? I would imagine very similar problem. Okay. So anything that's not an American accent plus yeah. crunchy food. I probably even like a really thick, like Cajun accent. I would also need subtitles. Like the water boy. That's real thick. That's I mean they're, they actually give you subtitles for that. That's, so that's true. <laughs> that's an extreme example. Maybe like a like a Minnesota accent. So I could... why don't you not eat crunchy food while watching a I almost called it a foreign film. And it sort of is, but it's mostly kind not. Of. <laughs> it's, it's foreign in that it's from it's a so foreign weird country. Calling a British film. No, a foreign film. So I think of that, I'm like, no, I'm clearly thinking about something like Kurosawa. That's foreign. That's I'm going to start Why? telling people that this month we did all foreign films. All foreign films? films? <laughs> <laughs> uh, Baby Driver's not foreign. Ah, we tried. Ah, oh well. <laughs> We're doing a foreign film month. Right. <laughs> Where are they from? Uh, Eng- England? L- London, mostly. <laughs> So with the electricity restored, the jukebox turns on. Because it's on random. And it starts playing Don't Stop Me Now. Yeah, it fucking does. And man, this is a good scene. It's a great scene. Sean, Ed, and Liz all grab pool cues and club the zombie to the song's beat, which is just It's beautiful. Phenomenal. It really is good. Diane joins in, starts throwing darts at the zombie. Of course, one of them hits Sean in the head. It goes into his head. Into his head. It just stays in his head. Yes. And then Ed tosses the Winchester rifle from above the bar to Sean, who doesn't think it's real. And Sean kills the zombie by smashing its head through the jukebox. And everybody's like, why didn't you just shoot him? And Sean's like, it's not a real gun. And then, of course, he fires it and is blown back when he pulls a trigger because it is indeed a real gun. Yeah, how about that? While this is all happening also, David tries to run to the fuse box here and starts flicking switches. I don't know why, but now he's making a whole light show out yeah. on the street while the music's playing in the background. It really is a very good scene. It's for the sake of a, of a amazing visual yeah, that he's is. flipping those switches. I think he's trying to kill the jukebox to stop the zombies from hearing the sound. Just unplug it. 
just unplug it. They did put him in charge of, of turning off the jukebox. Isn't this also the Barbara issue as well? That's this going on is here? where the Barbara issue starts. Okay. This movie moves very, very quickly here in the third yeah. act. So after they take out the bar owner, they're all packed together in a group. They decide they have to defend against these zombies who are all trying to break into the Winchester. But now they have a gun. And they debate on who should who should fire the gun, and it ends up being Sean. And he fires worse than a stormtrooper, while everybody else kind of so guides him where he's supposed to be shooting. Yeah. And Ed kind of reiterates the things that Sean said earlier in the movie about where the, the enemies are coming in from. And it's, it's right, a fun the callback. PlayStation thing. It's, yeah. it's fine. Yes. Liz notices that there's something wrong with Barbara. So she goes over to, to her aid. Yeah, and there's a lot wrong with Barbara. There's a lot wrong with Barbara. She reveals that she was bitten by the pajama zombie. Yeah, and that bite, it's not so much just like you see teeth marks. There's like there's flesh a, just missing. Just a chunk of flesh yeah. gone from her wrist, which not a great spot it's not if you're going to get you bit. Want. She's been quiet about it, though, because she doesn't want to worry Sean. Because she's British. What a mom. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I don't want to be a balder. <laughs> <laughs> so one by one, everybody comes to help Barbara. They keep passing the gun And they the keep gun passing the gun up. And eventually the gun just ends up with David. That's not who you want it to be It's the with. last person you want to have the gun. But David keeps saying, he's like, he doesn't want the gun because I'm a pacifist. He doesn't <laughs> there, want anything to do with there's it. There's zombies and you're a schmuck. Maybe that's the right word for it. But, I mean, he, he refuses to help at all times. And yeah. Ed does too, though. No, that's true. Ed does it out of laziness. David right. does that out of being a pacifist. Now David has the gun. But now David has it. Barbara's about to kick it. She gives a necklace to Liz, and she's like, oh, well, bro, you're about to fucking die. Not going to say that. Yep. <laughs> so David cocks the gun and aims for Barbara, coldly saying that it has to be done before she zombifies and attacks them all. David's not wrong. David's not wrong here, but he is a total dick about it. Go about it the wrong way. You got to, like, old yeller this thing. You got to let Sean do it. You can't just- You can't just be yeah. like- I'm going to kill her right now. I'm going to, I'm going to, on a three count, I'm going to shoot your mom in the face. Right. Sean's having a real bad day when Sean, it all comes down to it. And he, he kind of explodes here in a fit of rage and he holds a broken bottle to David's <laughs> neck. <laughs> yeah. And then Ed comes over with a broken bottle and Diane's like, that's not fair. He's, Ed's like, you're right. So he gives her the bottle to yep. hold Sean's neck and then he grabs a corkscrew. Yeah. It's a Mexican standoff. It sure is. But it's like a well organized one between friends. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And then it, it basically comes out that David's being a twat because he's in love with Liz. And everybody, including Diane, knows it. Yeah, which is weird if he lives there now. Yeah. With them. That's why it's like, it's not explained, but it kind of is. Right. So I, I don't really know. Yeah. But Diane's like, I know that you only started hanging out with me to get close to Liz. And then when she said no, you just came to me. Yeah. She said I was here to pick up the pieces. Yeah. So what's it say about Diane? What does? She's here for the scraps. That's it. <laughs> When Barbara finally does rise as a zombie, Sean takes the gun and emotionally apologizes to his mom and then shoots her dead. Yeah. Blows her brains out. Bam. Literally. Just, there goes mom. That's it. He's lost a lot of people today. Yeah. What a tough day. That's got to be a tough day. Yeah. Especially, he's hung over on top of all of it. I can't believe it. I can't do anything when I'm hung over. He's having thing. to do all of this. I wouldn't have even made it to the, the store in the morning. You don't think so? No. Not to get a Cornetto? Not even to get a Cornetto. All right. I would have sent Ed to get it. That's fair. When David says that he did the right thing, Sean retaliates by punching him in the face. As he should. Absolutely. Small problem, though. Yeah, when David gets punched in the face, he tries to shoot Sean. Yeah, he falls next to the gun itself and aims the gun at Sean. Yep. So much for being a pacifist. Yep. 
and he pulls, pulls the, the trigger. trigger. But the gun is out of ammo. Yes. And that's all sorts of fucked up because you have a pacifist here who hates a guy so damn much yep. that he's willing to just shoot him. Yep. During a zombie apocalypse. How about that? And then he tries to leave out of embarrassment. Yeah, it's like, well, then I'll just go. And of course, Diane scolds him. She's like, you can't just leave, you idiot. And he apologizes. And she's like, you shouldn't apologize to me. You should apologize to Sean. And he's like, all right, Sean. But he's standing next to a window. That's a problem, especially when there's zombies at said window. So he's trying to apologize to Sean, but the zombies smash through the window and they pull him out and they just completely dismember him. Yeah, they just start taking his entrails out and yep. you watch it all happen. And you it sure is do. absolutely brilliant. It's very good this filmmaking. here is an unbelievable on-screen death. This right here is like, was this a comedy a second ago? Yeah. This is how it felt. The whole time. And I was like, all right, respect movie, respect. The way that Edgar Wright describes this movie, as he describes all these movies in this trilogy, are Trojan horse movies. Yes. Where you have this emotional thing that just happens to be during a zombie attack, or as we're going to see next week, it just happens to be during yeah. this police story, if you will. I think he called this movie a, a rom-zom-com. That's so good. Yeah. Man. <laughs> Which is- just... I love it so much. Mwah, chef yeah. kiss. Rom-zom-com. That's amazing. I love how it's not just about survival, though. No. Like, it is about survival, but it's also about, like, he's got personal issues as well. Yeah. Because he is trying to talk it all out with Liz the entire time, too, and he's growing up all at the same time. There are layers to this thing. I feel like this movie might have inspired Cloverfield a little bit. You think so? Yeah. Because that movie is like a like a like the same thing, a, a rom-com happening during a kaiju movie. That's pretty fair. T.J. Miller's in that one. Let's not talk about that. He's mostly a narrator, though. That's just as bad, because he's talking. <laughs> yeah. He never stops he's talking. not bad in it. No, I agree, but still. <laughs> but still, he's an awful human being. Yes, he is. Diane irrationally opens the front door to chase down David, who she just saw get ripped to pieces. She's, she's literally holding his leg, and she's like, I'm going to come save you, David. She's using his leg as a weapon. To beat zombies. Yeah. Um. And then we don't hear from Diane ever again. Nope. I, uh, she gone. She gone. The zombies break into the pub from all sides, including Pete. Much to everybody's surprise. I loved it. And, so good. And Ed is finally like, oh, I can finally get my comeuppance against Pete, who's basically already dead. So, But Pete and the other zombies swarm Ed and bite him, and, and Sean shoots Pete in the head. And he's had a really rough day. It's bad. It's real bad. He's had to kill his mom and his naked roommate and- and he watched his stepdad turn? Oh, yeah. Also? And he just watched Nick get... Nick Frost. Nick. Ed. He watched Ed get bit. <laughs> right. And he's hungover. And he's hungover. And his girlfriend broke up with him yesterday. Right. It's a tough 24 hours for anybody. <laughs> what a story. So now it's just Sean and Liz. So they jump over the bar and they hide behind it. But, you know, zombies, they can bend over. They can do that. <laughs> Who knew? So Sean douses the bar with booze and sets it on fire. Which was actually Ed's suggestion earlier, but he's like, no, we're, we're still in here. Right. But now, not a lot of options left. No, and then uh, the one zombie lady somehow gets by, yeah. and they're asking, hey, where are the shells? They're on the bar. Oh, shit. Okay, well, first, Ed, who is severely wounded, jumps over right. the bar, and now he's there with them. And then, yeah, they're like, where, where are the shotgun shells? And Ed's like, oh, they're on the bar. <laughs> pew, 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 pew. <laughs> and yeah, they start to explode and ricochet all over the room, taking out a bunch of zombies. Yeah. Which is cool. That's good. And uh, with only two shells to spare, the three of them make their way into the cellar, which is conveniently underneath the bar right there where they are. Sure. If that was there the whole time, why wouldn't they have gone down there I earlier? don't know. 
Anyway, uh, they're they're in the cellar and uh, they find a lift that leads to outdoors, but but they can't get up to the door. Well, they're on the storm doors there to bang yeah. it out of the so They're trying out. to jump up to them, yeah. but they can't. That's got to be a tough conversation to have now. Yeah. Because obviously you have Ed who's bleeding out. Right. Sitting in front of you after you just got bit and you know. There's the two of you and then yeah. there's zombies coming toward you. Right. Like, there's a door above you that is not holding well. And Liz and Sean are trying to figure out, so if I shoot you, then yeah. do you have the nerve to shoot yourself? Then I have to do myself. Fucking, and she's it's... like, oh, I couldn't do myself. Yeah. So Sean's like, That's all right. That's a thing you don't want to ever have to think about. Though. Yeah. And and Ed is like, I don't mind being eaten. <laughs> because he's charming, if not a total fuck up. Yeah, and he already knows that he's completely. He's oh, yeah, yeah. He's, it's like the first time in this entire movie. He's like, yeah. He's like, oh, I probably should have done things a little different. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So the three of them are like, oh, let's smoke these last two cigarettes, I guess. And as Liz lights the, the lighter, they see the switch for the lift. They do. Which and is a total have, callback to Resident Evil, if anything. I agree with that. But at the same time, the door is locked. I don't see how... Finding a lift is going to open the locked well, door. Well, it's a release button. No, I took it as it was a, a lift to actually get them up. Does it also release at the same time? Well, when he hits the button, the doors open and it lifts. So, Okay. Yeah, oh, but yeah. Still, no, it's, it's yeah. definitely a Resident Evil. Like You need to use the lighter to, oh, absolutely. to find the, the yeah. lift. Which is neat. Which is awesome. Yeah. So Sean tries to get Ed to come with them, but, but Ed's like, no, nah, I'm done. This is it. Yeah, they're breaking. the zombies are breaking through the cellar door yeah. now. He's like... They're like, all right, we're going to give you the gun, and then we're going to go, which seems silly. It does seem a little silly. But, He's going to live a little longer, maybe. Yeah. So they, they say their buys, and they make it to the, up to the street level, and uh, suddenly the military arrives. And Yvonne. And Yvonne, and they start just open firing on all these zombies. And I'm surprised they don't open fire on Sean and Liz, because the zombies in this really just have white eyes yep. and blood around their mouths. Yeah. Sean's- Amazing. I mean, he's he, covered in red. He is covered in red. He's got red all and over. And he's got him. a goatee, which could be confused for. He is a ginger. Yeah. So you got to be real careful. He's got a red beard. But the military's going to military open fire. Military shows up. They save the day. They save the day. Yvonne's like, oh, yeah, we're evacuating survivors because she didn't go to the Winchester. She went to find the fucking yes. military, which is smart. It was very smart. On and her so Sean and Liz, you know, they, they go off into the, the headlights holding hands. Oh, how wonderful. And reunited, and it feels so good. It does, and then I have a thousand questions that are about to come up. But <laughs> yeah, was it six months later? I think it's six months later. We see the fallout of Z Day through a bunch of TV show promos and reports, saying that months have passed since the outbreak, and they're now using the captive zombies as in everyday life for menial jobs like collecting shopping carts. And, sure, and they're they're parts of game shows where we watch zombies compete. Of try, course, try to get the meat. <laughs> Sean wakes up in the same zombie-like way that he did at the beginning of the movie, and he's sharing a flat with Liz. Hey, about that. They moved in together, and the two of them are a couple again, and everything's all happy, and they plan a peaceful day together, but Sean's like, I gotta hop out to the garden real quick. I like the day that they plan, because it really is like a Sean day, Yeah, for the most part, where it is very lazy, and Liz is just like, okay with it. Yeah. So, like, she realized that we don't need to be the most exciting people in the world at this point, I feel like. like, I think she's probably had enough excitement that one day. she's good now. She's like, you know what? Maybe he's got the right idea. Yeah, Let's yeah. just lay low, keep it chill. Sean goes out to the garden where he joins zombie Ed chained up in the shed, and they play video games together. They do, and it's adorable. It is adorable. My thousand question. Yeah. Let's start off with this one. We're in the midst of a pandemic. Mm-hmm. Six months on, we've passed that long ago at this point. Obviously, it's not getting any better. How the hell did they fix the zombie situation? They shot everybody who was infected. But they didn't, because some of them, they 
are now indentured servants. Now, That's true. what does actually like, are they still people? Is that what we're going for here? Or are they now considered zombies? They can at because least... frankly, I don't want grandma on a game show watching her try to get meat. I just, <laughs> I don't want that. Maybe it's just like the unidentified unclaimed ones that are on the game shows. But then at the same time, how the hell did they get Ed? That's a great question, because they left him in the Winchester. They did, and he was alive. But he was in the basement. But they were through. They got through the door. You saw them punching That's the holes right. Through. They did get through. So, in theory, Ed got eaten real Maybe good. Maybe he died just in time for them to, to, turn, to not get care when, he got, when they got down there. But then it's, you have all these people who are pretty much zombie slaves to television. Yeah. How did they get Ed out of here? What made it okay? Like, can I have my friend? <laughs> it's not probably how it went. He is I don't still know. That's a, a zombie. That's question. Probably a lot of paperwork involved. Yeah, we want to claim this zombie. <laughs> All right, we're going to have to wait six months to make sure there's not uh, uh, somebody with a better claim for this zombie. Right, it's like, no, like, like as long as this, this mom isn't looking for him. He's not going to bite anyone. How do you know that? He's real lazy. We're going to chain him up in a shed and play video games with him. Right. Oh, yeah, yeah. You can You've him. already explained that these zombies pretty much just act on instinct at this point. His instincts suck. He's not going to do anything. He did try to bite Sean. He sure did. He's going to bite Sean one day. Let's face it. Oh, yeah. Right now. For sure. <laughs> that would be a sequel. From Dusk Till Sean. That I, that's that's too easy, I feel like. That you was just... in Spider-Verse. Oh, you're right. Wasn't it? Yeah. All right. That'd be kind of fun, though. It would be fun. Is if you see both of them just wandering London as zombies together. Tell from that point of view. How would you develop a plot around that? Easy. They still got their instincts in them. So he's trying their to- Their essence. Yeah, he's trying to and win a pink back robot. Liz. A, a zombie, he's like, I love her so much that I'm going to win her back. Oh, they're yeah. on a quest to zombify Liz so they can be together again. Things for forever. Yes. Perfect. I love it. I'm going to go call Edgar Wright right now. Do it. <laughs> that is Shaun of the Dead from 2004, directed by the Edgar Wright. What a film. What a film. It's so much fun. And the thing is, like, I'm not a huge horror guy, but I know that there are a ton of references to, like, a million different zombie movies. Oh, yeah. That I that completely went over my head, but I still appreciate what this movie does. It does a lot of different things because it really is a love letter to the genre. Oh, yeah. But it puts comedy more forward than the horror element of it, and I think that's why it lands so well. Absolutely. And I like how it has such a personal touch because the story is... Again, it's a rom-com that happens to have zombies. Yeah. yeah. It's a lot like Pride and Prejudice and zombies, like that type of thing. I think that that right there is kind of a masterstroke, and that kind of makes you care even more about these characters. Oh, absolutely. It, it's a weird movie, obviously, again, because it is a horror movie yeah. underneath it all. Yeah. And that could be a little tricky because it, it's genre mixing. It's kind of like when we talked about Shazam a little bit, yeah. how it's really hard to really pin the tone down on it. But I think that's kind of what makes it brilliant. Yeah, I agree. And I like what you said earlier about it being a Trojan horse. That's not what I said. That's what Edgar Wright said. Well, yeah, but we mentioned it earlier in the episode. Is You're what right. I'm saying. That's, yes. Callbacks are comedy, Dave. I forgot already. We're English this week. Ah, damn it. Crumpets. <laughs> Nailed it. <laughs> Let me ask you real quick. Rotten Tomatoes 100. Where do you think it's going to fall? 80? No, 92. Nice. Yeah, it's way the hell up there. Awesome. And that's kind of one of the things that makes the Three Flavors Cornetto trilogy work is they're all pretty damn critically acclaimed, at least from what I've read. I have not researched the other two yet. I didn't realize that they were so well-received by critics. Yeah. I assumed this was like a, a more culty thing, but- Well, the numbers say that it's a culty thing because this did cost four million pounds to make. It sure did. And if you want to, you, you translated this to dollars here, didn't you, at the end? Because you said it- 30 mil 
Yeah. People that are worldwide. Yeah. And this is a weird one also because this gained steam because of the internet. Oh, absolutely. It came to America as a direct-to-DVD, and then they pulled it from the, I guess, the direct-to-DVD and said, we got to throw this bad boy in theaters. Cause really? I'm pretty sure that's how it went down. Because its release date, like, its release weekend was the same as it was in England. So the article that I read about that said, like, Ain't It Cool News was the one who really forced it. Unless they had planned for it to be a direct. Oh, maybe. And then they just didn't do it. But that was when Ain't It Cool was a thing. Ain't It Cool. <laughs> wow, it's a throwback. It is. The only thing that it's really known for now is fanboys with Ethan Suppley playing whoever that guy was from Ain't It Cool. <laughs> <laughs> the movie did okay. 30 mils, I mean. 30 million on a 4 million pound budget is huge. Yeah. But it's not like explosive because now this thing is a major cult classic. I guess that kind of is how I mean, cult classics work. It made almost ten times its budget. Yes, that's pretty big. I, I suppose. I mean, it's not a it's not a huge movie release like wide release wise, but as far as profitable, you're not wrong there. It crushed it. Gross profitable. Yes, that's where you're looking for it because overall profit, it's it's nothing. Thirty mils, nothing. But I it mean, shows what you can get out of having a, no budget. For a debut amazing. with no budget, yeah. that's that's they made a lot of money. Fair enough. 92% Rotten Tomatoes, though. There you go. That's awesome. It is. 93% audience score. Roger Ebert did see this movie. Good. He gave it three out of four stars. Okay. He says, the movie is a new British comedy about clueless layabouts whose lives center on the pub. For them, the zombies represent not a threat to civilization as we know it, but an interference with valuable drinking time. <laughs> Not wrong. I didn't even put that together. No. <laughs> I just thought it was an inconvenience on their lives. And he's like, no, dude, it's all about drinking. And he's not wrong. He says, when it becomes clear that London is crawling or shuffling with zombies, best buddies Sean and Ed lead a small band of survivors to the obvious stronghold, the Winchester. Bam. He goes on to say, Shaun of the Dead has its pleasures, which are mild but real. I like the way the slacker characters maintain their slothful gormlessness. That's a word. I copy and pasted, so... Vocab. And, and my word has a red squiggly underneath that thing. What do you think it's supposed to be? I don't know. Yep, neither does fucking word. Maybe. <laughs> Gormlessness is, is a thing. The more you know. Uh, Gormlessness in the face of urgent danger. And I like the way the British bourgeois values of Sean's mum and dad assert themselves even in the face of catastrophe. There is also that stubborn British courage in times of trouble. I didn't take it as courage. I took it as stubbornness. Yeah. There you go. All right. It's a very British movie. Either way, it's when, so no British. You look at it. And I love that about it. Right. And speaking of the British people on Amazon.com, it's got a 4.7 out of 5. I was going to say, oh, I thought you were going to do reviews from Amazon.co.uk. Didn't even think of it. Do you think it would be different? I don't know. When you start typing Sean, Sean the Sheep comes up right away. Well, that's fun. Yeah, they're different. Really? Yeah. So there's British reviews too? Yeah. That's fun. So the American reviews have a 4.7 out of 5 yeah. on the dot com out of uh, 4,600 reviews. It's got 84% five star and 2% one star. Okay. On the British Amazon.co.uk, only has 2,000 reviews, still 4.7 because numbers don't matter at that when you have that many. Right. 80% five star, 1% one star. Oh. <laughs> the first one is the most fucking British thing of all time. <laughs> <laughs> from 11 June 2020 rubbish <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's classic oh god I'll do it until the fly because it's so damn good rubbish <laughs> from 13 June 2005 get drunk and pass out before the film starts alright 
I feel like the characters it. in the movie would appreciate that. I reveal. think you're absolutely right. These are so unplanned, and I'm having a ball reading them right now. <laughs> From 29 December 2004. <laughs> I cannot believe the five-star treatment being handed out to this mildly amusing dross. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they have words over there that I would never think to uh, use. So gormlessly or whatever. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe. That's Roger Ebert. That was, no. That's the day his jaw fell off, I think. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, it was just one of the gormlessly. <laughs> <laughs> Let me give you the American ones. From November 20th, 2018. My boyfriend told me this was funny, so we decided to watch it. He ordered this without my knowledge on my account and made me sit through this absolutely ridiculous movie. I normally like English humor. They even spelled humor with the U. (laughs) But this movie was so awful. I spent the majority of it getting myself drunk so I wouldn't have to take it seriously. Even after an entire bottle of wine, it was still bad. Uh Uh-oh. Sounds like he's going to have to head to the Winchester. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) I like that she used the U. Yeah. In English humor. That she has a good sense of humor. Yeah. Yes. Uh, British humor, TM. <laughs> right. <laughs> From August 29th, 2014, I had a few laughs, but I don't like zombie movies. Some of it is quite sickening. Can't they make funny movies without blood and gore? Y- yes. There's so many funny <laughs> movies that don't have blood and gore. <laughs> it's like, name any Adam Sandler movie ever. Oh, those are the goriest ones there are. I know. We kind of wish. The ones with David Spade, we kind of wish they would be more bloody and gory. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. Like, it's a shame that doesn't get, like, a, the big boulder in Black Sheep doesn't roll over him, and you watch it explode everywhere. You have some ill will against David Spade? A little bit. Mostly for Black Sheep, because Tommy Boy's that good, <laughs> and Black Sheep's that bad. <laughs> Most comedies do not have blood and gore. <laughs> That's true. I would say 90% of them. That's leaving 10% open. Yeah. Do you think it's that much? Uh, no. All right. At least 90%. Oh, my goodness. I guess that's all the one stars I had. All right. Yeah. There, there really weren't that many. I'm glad we had those co-UK ones. <laughs> you really saved the day there. <laughs> <laughs> Lucky us. I have a few IMDb actual trivia facts that didn't make it into the review. Okay. That I felt were, were necessary to be shared. Oh, dear. Okay. But, but they didn't really fit in plot-wise. Yeah. Nick Frost, Ed allegedly kept his genitals shaved throughout the production <laughs> to create a genuine need to scratch that the character demanded. Well, very method, apparently. Apparently. Okay. And I got one more for you. <laughs> Can you imagine that? Edgar Wright is like, I want you to make a character choice. He starts itching. He's like, I just, I just feel it's forced. I just, I, I just can't figure this out. <laughs> Much better. <laughs> I got one more for you. Sean berates Ed for calling the creatures zombies. This alludes to the curious fact that many of the most iconic zombie movies, including Night of the Living Dead and Resident Evil, never use the word zombie at all. can also be a reference to Danny Boyle, director of 28 Days Later, and his insistence that it isn't a zombie movie. It's definitely a zombie movie. 100% is. When things die and come back to life and try to make other things dead. Those are zombies. It's a zombie. Yes. That's all I got. Great. For IMDb trivia facts. Wow. My mind is blown. How about that? Glad I could expand your knowledge. You did it. Can we give this thing a super stuff score, please? I would love to, but... And now for another edition of the Cape Podcasters Theater. I did a Cockney. I love that you did it British. Yeah. Not even British. 
try to do very cockney. specific yeah because i feel like cockney is just like you're ready to throw down any moment yeah i feel like theatre just calls for something a little little less aggressive yeah a little less say you know get to the site south of london right <laughs> this week what i have for you dave is um well we would we just watched a bar get uh kind of trashed sure by uh by these these folks so i feel like the, the winchester is going to be in in need of some some rescue oh no uh so did he do bar rescue keaton patty forced a bot to watch a thousand hours of bar rescue and then asked it to write a bar rescue episode of its own and here's okay. the first page I'm going to be doing the narration and the part of the bar owner, and you're going to be John Taffer. Well, this is a dream come true that I wasn't ready for today. <laughs> that show's fake, right? I feel like maybe the bars are actually in trouble, but a lot of it is probably just yell for a while, John. <laughs> <laughs> Your whole life's a piece of shit. Now I love you. I'm glad you're in character. All right. How'd I do? Wasn't a stretch. Yeah, I got to do like the shoulder <laughs> thing that he does all the time. I'm glad you're shoulders. familiar with the character. Of course I am. It's John fucking Taffer. <laughs> bar rescue. Interior wet bar. <laughs> a bar emits dark sadness. Customers drink beer to delete their sobriety and throw darts at everything. John Taffer, the bar rescuist, screams, and it is no longer a happy hour. This a bar? Seems like a bad. Call this a cocktail? Hang up the call. John mails the cocktail to trash. <laughs> It was a hot gin and toxic. There's no music to hear at a drinking hole. People like sounds. A jukebox is at the bar, but it is busy playing drugs. Drinks should take three seconds to bar. <laughs> the bar tent. <laughs> I will clock your timing. Make me Long Ireland ice explosion. John yells a stopwatch into being there. The bartender fails since it is a cockroach that got a job. It hides behind a keg of mozzarella sticks. John is angry orchard. <laughs> Bartender should not be bug. They should be a smiling alcohol chef. John examines the bar's stool. This looks okay. Good work, stool. Money falls out of the stool. John licks the money's flavors. <laughs> Taste stolen from register. I am so upset at this liquor library. Where is the owner? The owner leaks down from a wound in the ceiling. <laughs> he does not look like a man who would own a thing. He is drunk this year. I own bar. When dad died, he gave me it so I would die too. A family business. My son is the stool. <laughs> Quit your trivia. You failed bar exam. Now I pour you a rescue. John growls and glows with the power of profits. He uses his phone to order a dozen drink coasters. <laughs> That's my new favorite one by a long shot. <laughs> it felt appropriate for Shaun of the Dead. Absolutely. That is so good. Let's give this thing a super stuff score. Please. Question. Yeah. Should we be giving it a super stuff score or a not so super stuff score? We should probably be going not so super stuff. You're right. Flip the switch. For those of you who don't listen to our Patreon, first of all, shame on you. Shame. Second of all, it's a slightly different scale that we're going to use this month, apparently. Also, go listen to our Patreon. For as little as $1 a month, you can get all of our not so super movies. You can get the poll list, which is about comic books. You can get Blurt and Turney, which is our tournament edition style show. You can get Batman Animation, which is where we go through Batman the Animated Series. What I miss? Flirt and Turney. I said it. I got- About a second ago. I got nothing. Yeah. That's like the, the new garden. Yeah. There it is. We both did it. We did it. Nailed it. I was trying to bring in the not-so-super stuff into the scores. Oh, uh, yeah. I was trying not to listen to you actively uh, before. That. So we were both busy. We, we both- <laughs> We've established where we stand. Perfect. Excellent. 
Want to know what's sad? What's sad? Is that we're both wearing our shirts. Oh, you're wearing yours? I didn't yeah. even notice. I am. I didn't have mine zipped up Brian's as much. Brian's got so. his Cape Podcasters logo shirt on. I got the mic shirt on. Look at us. This is adorable. Supporting our own <laughs> merch. In case you haven't heard of this podcast, Dave, you should listen to it. Just like with the Super Stuff score, we start with story and motivation. I really like the story. It's kind of Sean trying to become a man, really. Really? Trying to get his shit together. Yeah. It, it is a shit getting together story. Yeah. A coming of shit. That's exactly what it is. <laughs> Realistically, the zombies are just like the laxative of it then. That's true. It's the- the Which is the British MacGuffin, as we all know. <laughs> laxative? They call it a laxative. <laughs> That's why if you go back to Indiana Jones, oh, yeah, it... Lost Ark, it's like, oh, wow, this is British film school where the arc is the, the laxative. <laughs> the laxative. Even though Hitchcock was most famous for the MacGuffin, he was very English. Not important. It's the thing that gets the shit moving. That's right. Get the shit moving. The laxative of the movie. I'm going to go one. I think one is absolutely, absolutely right. Protagonists. You got Sean. You got Sean. And you probably have Ed. Probably Ed. And that's a problem. Ugh, that I'm is go probably a problem. Point five. Yes. Because Ed. Because Ed. Really hurts it a lot. Antagonists. The zombies? The zombies? And Deadhead. Maybe. And you... No, I can't. Not fully. Not full. Well. He's part of the gang, man. He is part of the gang. All right. Let's go zombies. These are not great zombies. They're not. You do feel a sense of danger, though. Do you, though? At times. No, it's rare. Because even when there's a crowd, they're able to take them pretty handily. It's not hard. Even Sean walks through them at a point to steer them away. They're not great zombies. But they do successfully kill everybody except two people. Yeah, conveniently. I mean, even convenience, it's still, I mean, zombies. I'll go point two five. It's not really a zombie story. No, it's not. And we know you're, that. You're right. So Female characters. I wish we knew more about Liz. We I know more too. about, Do- uh, I almost call her Dawn. We know more about Diane. Yeah, we do. This isn't the office. She's not Dawn. Does it pass the Bechdel test? I don't think it does. The only conversation that they have that might pass it is it goes, this is my mom. Hi. Does that count? I don't think it counts. Does That's that not count? a conversation. Liz- That's all like saying, oh, you want know the shortest sentences? Go. You're trying real hard to just be clever at that point. That, yeah. I don't, I don't, well. I was going to say Liz and Yvonne talk to each other, but they don't. Liz says hi to the to Martin Freeman. That's right. So I'm going to go point two five. Yeah. There's no real reason for them to exist in this thing other than Sean needs to live out his story. That's a shame. It is a bit of a shame. Setting. It is London. They say it once. London's a very big place. London so is a very big a place. a tricky one to pick out. We're in like a sleepy area of London. It's North London. It's way the hell up. There. Yeah. But there's nothing defining about it. I mean, they're driving on the wrong side of the street. That's just England in general. I know. <laughs> That's not specific. I mean, how specific do you need it to be? I got to see Big Ben, baby. No, you don't. Yeah. No, you don't. If I don't see the big clock, then I go, I don't know where I am. I have this no idea where... This could be Kazakhstan, for it all could I be. know. Could be. If I don't see wizards and witches and Hogwarts, then I... This <laughs> this is nothing, then, to me. This movie's so British. It's extremely British. But that doesn't. that's a style and a tone, more than anything. Yes, for setting, I'm going to go 0. 0.5. Okay. And I, it's a dirty 0. 0.5. I don't know that it is. Okay. Because I feel like even if we don't know exactly where in a city oh, we I don't, are. I don't need the street. We know what city we're in. I don't need in. to believe that they're like, oh, but also, where does he live? His house is on 40 King Arthur Court or whatever. Like that's, <laughs> no, I, don't I don't need to know I don't that. need a street address. <laughs> but no, I, I think that the actual locations that they spend time in, like, like the houses and the Winchester, are very well established. I think you're right about so. that. And, you know, based on the, the 
kind of cell phone that Ed uses the entire movie. We know what era it takes we place do. in. They do say garden for backyard, which is nice. Yeah. Well, that's how you know they're they're not in the United States. You're right. Style and tone. I'm going to go one. Yeah. Easy, easy, easy one. one. Director. This is going to get repetitive this month. This one will. And it's, uh, you know, it's interesting because we get to actually go movie to movie to that's movie right. now. And yeah. all three of these movies are going to do different things. All four of these movies. Yeah. I'm talking most about the three, the trilogy. Yeah. Because you don't even know how good Baby Driver is yet. I know. Um, I think he crushes it. Oh, I think abs- he absolutely crushes it. He pays homage to everything he wants to pay homage to. Yeah. Uh, he does a lot of really cool things stylistically to tell mm-hmm. the story. He obviously is a very smart director the way he sets it up because he choreographs even that simple walk to the shop the first time and it's does it again incredible. the second time. Yeah. I think he is so fucking smart the way he did this thing. Yeah. I'm going to go- And the choices he makes are phenomenal. I'm going to go- one five for this one. Yeah. And I think the reason why I'm not going higher is because Simon Pegg's a writer and an actor on this thing. And he yeah. knew what he was writing for himself. Oh, absolutely. So I don't put that on the director at that point. And sorry, yeah. it hurts Edgar Wright, but Edgar Wright crushed it here. Absolutely. I just keep thinking about that shot through the zombie's chest. It's a great shot. Oh, it's so good. It's really, really good. It's not even my favorite shot. My favorite shots are in the cellar at the end. Oh, uh, yeah. You do have the dust coming down and whatnot. It helps the lighting. And it helps it, the feel it of that scene. It does some really nice. cool things. It's really good. And it makes it actually feel a little claustrophobic, which is yeah. a neat little trick. Music. Don't stop me now. Having such a good time. Having a ball. I love it. It's so good. I think normally I would give that song alone a point two five, but I think it's so iconic for this movie. Oh, yeah. I'm going to up it to a point five for that it song alone. It started a whole resurgence of interest in Queen. It went on Billboard after that, and Billboard even recognized it as, yeah, like, now this is kind of the second coming here. Yeah. I don't know anything else from this movie. I noticed a couple of things. There's a the Dawn of the Dead theme opens yes, the movie. They do. Over the Universal, or they, not the Universal logo. Whatever. Is it Universal? Yeah. That Okay. Yeah. So- it opens the movie. It does. And then at the end of the credits, there's also one of the They did a themes, really cool thing so, where they, they yeah. pulled the same music from the same library from Dawn of the Dead. It's neat. And it's, I think that's it's a, fun a very choice. good touch. I'm going to go with 0.75. I think that's fair. Because I don't think anything that came from, I don't think anything that was made for this movie is outstanding. I agree. But everything that they used was just such a good touch. Right. One-liners. One easy on this one yep. mostly because they're two liners really when you think about it yeah it's a rarity but yeah. everything comes back you've got red on you the exacerbate joke even comes the exacerbate back joke with which... ed it's so uh, good i don't know what that means they they hit most of them three times well common rule of threes but exactly they literally wrote the script by the book and by the book it's the sid field book it came back again to the point that they the formula is based on that book the way he lays it out yeah it's a great book. If you guys ever want to read something about screenwriting and just about general storytelling, phenomenal book. Definitely check You wouldn't it out. think that a, a book about screenplays would be good, and it's absolutely incredible. Just the structure of it. I'm curious now. I'll have to check it out. You should? I'm going to check some Amazon reviews for it first to make sure. I'd imagine they're through the roof. You should read it before we get to Infinity War and Endgame. It's not a bad idea. Yeah. They've openly said that they based storytelling on that book again. Yeah. Because why the hell wouldn't they? The final category we have here is impact on the industry. Huge. How so? Because this is one of those movies that was from across the pond yep. that didn't make it over here and become a cult hit. It's a foreign film. It is, and then it became a Hollywood film. It did. Absolutely. And that is amazing. 
that never happens. No. Uh, I'm going to go easy one. Easy one. Yeah, I don't think it's any bigger because there are still some people who, this isn't their thing. Yeah. That's okay. It's not for everyone. No, that's totally fine. But the people that it's for. Oh, they love it. They love it so hard. (laughs) (laughs) And the industry itself absolutely loves it because it shows you can make gold on smaller budgets like this. Absolutely. Four million pound budget, which is about five million dollars. Sure. That's still. uh, That's nothing. That is nothing. That is a cheap movie. Right. That put that probably puts it in one of the lowest movies budget wise we've talked about. Uh, I mean, we talked about G Men from Hell, which we don't even know what the budget is for that thing. Uh, I think that was the only thing we knew from G Men <laughs> from Hell. I want to say it was four million for some stupid reason. Well, Willy Wonka was only three million. Yeah, but that's from 1971. Right, when three million was a lot. Yeah, I'm not gonna look it up. That's probably the right move. In fact, it wasn't a lot. You got to figure like super. Oh, yeah. That wasn't a lot. Defendor. Defendor is definitely not a lot. They didn't put any money into that. No. <laughs> budget was like $7. Right. And all of it went to Woody Harrelson. 600000 I think, was the budget on that. <laughs> Jeez. What was that other, the one with the, the angry guy on Twitter? Michael Rappaport. Oh. What, um, what was that thing? That didn't cost any money. Special? special. That was it. That didn't cost any money. No. No, that was nothing. This was a little more than those, but obviously this is but yeah, no, you've this... heard of now. So, <laughs> it's huge. This one had production value. <laughs> right. One. Done. <laughs> one. Nailed it. That's going to give Shaun of the Dead a total score of 7.75. Okay. That's a good baseline for this month. Yeah. Established. It's a good starting point. Right. Let's see where we go from here. Uh, well, we know where we're going from here. Next week, we're going to be talking about Hot Fuzz. Yes, we are. The one that we both said is probably our favorite out of the bunch. Yeah. Now I'm curious to see if it holds up or not. I'm very curious. When was the last time you saw it, you think? Probably five years ago. Oh, that's a while. Yeah. I was going to say, mine's probably maybe two. Okay. Maybe three, max. Maybe. Time's been going by faster lately, so I always just add two or three just to be sure. (laughs) Fair enough. Just a couple of years on it. (laughs) So, yeah, it feels like it was only three years ago, but it was probably at least five. Fair enough. (laughs) Next week, Hot Fuzz. Hot Fuzz. Until then, be sure to like, subscribe, rate, review, wherever you get your podcasts. Follow us on all the social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Twitch at Cape Podcasters. We talked about our Patreon earlier. Go check that out. This month we're, we're doing on the not-so-super movies, When Harry Met Sally. I really honestly cannot wait to talk about that That's movie. It's going to be a great episode. So I have no idea your synopsis is going to go for that because it's just such an episodic movie where there's so dialogue-heavy. And Billy Crystal just talks a lot. But oh, yeah, that's his like, move. beautifully done because Nora Ephron wrote it. And yeah. It's amazing. I can't wait. That'll be a lot of fun. So subscribe to our Patreon to check that out. You know, we have all the other shows that we talked about earlier on there. Right. If you have any questions or comments, you can send them to keeppodcasters at gmail.com. I believe we got a couple of things uh, from Facebook. We did. I kind of put out a a quick little AMA for this thing. Okay. Right before we recorded. Not a whole lot of people responded because of that. I got lazy. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) We got two questions. Okay. The first one. Is from the Ginger Skull himself, Dave Novak. Oh boy. He has a wet bed head, and he yeah. wants to know. Yeah. Wet bed head. Get yourself in that mindset right now. A proper fuck, marry, kill. Yes. My head is in the, in the set. My mind is in the set. Good. He wants to know. Number one sidekick, Superman Steven. He says Superman. So well, that's. His ears are broken. Yeah. That's not the, the name. No. That's the shortest Superman I've ever known then. Not touching Tell me that. I'm wrong. I'm not going to touch tell that. Me I'm, tell me he's not short. I'm not touching it. <laughs> Number one sidekick super fan, Steven. Okay. The ginger skull himself, Dave Novak. You 
cocky motherfucker. And the entirety of Nerdy Thursday. <laughs> well, that gets Sean weird. Sean and Mitch. That gets weird because I'm related to Mitchell. Yes, but still. But still. The internet loves that Cousins. Stuff. You know, what, what is that? Um, Could be kissing cousins when you think about it. You got to stop that. <laughs> now, like, every fiber of my being, because the ginger skull asked, wants to kill the ginger skull right now. But. But I feel like I need to kill Nerdy Thursday. And it's nothing against Sean. But, but I, Mitch. <laughs> I can't marry or fuck Mitch. In theory, if you marry him, I don't think if you if you marry Mitch, then you're not fucking him. Yeah. You're making love to him at that point from all your days on forward. Honestly, if I marry Nerdy Thursday yeah. and it's like a loveless marriage. You get a mustache ride. I think I'm technically only married to Sean. Like legally, you can't be married to two people and you can't marry Don't do family. So like I would only be married to Sean. And that'd be fine, I think. But what if they kind of She's got to pay attention to him. Just a lot. combine themselves. Like, I mean, it's like, like, a, like a Mecca. M- Millie Vanilli, kind of. Millie Vanilli. You don't know the two separate people. It's, like they it's do not the, Millie and Vanilli. The fusion dance, and it's like, <laughs> it's Chuanchal. I hate it. That is the <laughs> grossest thing I've ever heard. Also, sound a little Jewish. A little bit, huh? <laughs> it sounds like a dessert. Chuanchal. <laughs> schmazel, schmazel. Why don't you put the schmear on that schmazel? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm going to kill Nerdy Thursday. Bye. Uh, I am going to... <sighs> oh, this is going to be so good. I'm going to marry Steven. I have to marry Steven. Why? Because I do. We've already talked about this. Steven and I. Oh, fair <laughs> enough. <laughs> um, so I guess Lucky Ginger Skull asks the question, gets what he wanted. I'm going to bed the Ginger Skull. How'd that feel? Saying it and how did that feel? Ginger Skull hearing it. Well, well, that's I knew, what you wanted. I knew that's, that's what, what he was wanted. asking for. Yeah. So. That's what he always wants. There you go. This is just, he finally had tact in trying to get someone to admit it. So good for him. I good guess. for him. <laughs> Matt Cowan's got a question. Oh. This is a really, really good question. What is your favorite movie poster ever? Oh. Oh. Yeah. That's tough. I feel like this is one that is going to be silence that I got to cut down on. Oh, 100%. So you're welcome, listeners. This one's going to take thought. This is going to take a lot of thought. You want to start? I can. Do you want to go back and forth? Because I feel like I have a few. You probably have. A I few. have a few. Yeah. You go All first. Right. I feel like this is a double whammy on me because it's a it's a movie question, but it's also I'm as a graphic designer. Yeah. There's like a lot of pressure on me here. Yeah, there is. So don't fuck it up, Brian. I'm gonna. A first one, the Rocketeer. That's my first. one. Yeah. See, I knew we were gonna have one in, yep. in, in common there. What's your second one then? Little Miss Sunshine. That's a very good one. It's an excellent poster. Yeah. It's so well done. My second one will be Batman. Okay. Where it's just the just, logo. It's so well done. Same vein. Uh, I think Jurassic Park is well done. Jurassic Park's extremely well done. But I think well the Batman one is definitely iconic. Oh, without a doubt. My third one is kind of like a uh, a tie. So I kind of have four, I guess. Yeah. Uh, I really, really love the Dick Tracy poster. And oh. it's probably for the same reason why you like the Jurassic Park poster. Oh, I was just That's saying the Jurassic Park too. is similar oh. to the Batman. That's not one of my picks. Oh, what's your, what would your third pick be? It, probably The Last Jedi. It's a very good poster. The poster's awesome. The red one? The red one yeah. with the with the blue light. It just It's great. The way they play with the colors and the the logo is perfectly placed and Luke's face and the way it pays homage to the original movies. It's sure. just it's a fantastic poster. You know what? I got I got another tie then, if that's the case, cuz I do love the Dick Tracy one a ton. Yeah. Uh my last two I'll say for a tie is going to be Back to the Future and Raiders of the Lost Ark. Fair. Huge fans. Yeah. of both of those. So That was a good question. Man, that was a fantastic question. I feel like there's probably so many more that I didn't even think of. I'm going to have like I'm nightmares be thinking about, about the about ones this I left off forever. Of this list. Like, oh, I can't believe I didn't I, say. Oh, I'm an idiot. Yeah. 
<laughs> oh, Jaws. Fucking Jaws. That's so good. <laughs> oh, man. It's a really, really good one. Yeah. That's all the questions for this week. Cool. Let's see what we come up with next week. We'll see. Uh, but I guess uh, we'll see you next week when we talk about Hot Fuzz. Hot Fuzz. I can't wait. Oh, I'm so excited. Yeah. Same pod time? Same pod. Don't say the Z word. So, Dave, that is Shaun of the Dead. What do you think happens after the credits? What I think happens after the credits is all the dead are coming back to life. So mm-hmm. got to presume that folks that died even well before all this is taking place are coming back to life. Sure. So we see this coffin and this, like, this beautiful place, this beautiful burial ground, and the hand comes up and it pulls itself up, and it's Princess Diana. She's back. <laughs> She's back from the dead. And she's walking the streets of London. Right. <laughs> and she hears a song about a candle in the wind. And she goes, um, that's libel at this point. <laughs> so zombie princess Diana takes Sir Elton John to court. Wow. Over libel because now she's undead. Right. So then we get this whole entire argument over these rights of the undead. And it leads to this whole revolution of the undead who are now being used to get meat on television and whatnot. <laughs> Princess Diana is the savior for the undead, just like she was for the people back in the day. Wow. Yeah. I could see it. Yeah, me too. (laughs) Brian, what do you think happens after the credits? I think we see Sean and Liz going about their peaceful day where they go out. They go to the the place that does the fish, which I don't know if you caught the bit, but in the telephone book, when he opens the phone book, it actually says the place that does the fish. (laughs) I thought that was great. But they're going to the place that does the fish for dinner. And Sean's like, oh, I meant to ask you, how's your mom? Did she get through Z-Day okay? How's Martha? And then two people (laughs) who are fighting in the corner look over and say, why did you say that name? (laughs) And then then the logo hits the screen. Batman versus Superman, Sean of Justice. Oh, damn it. (laughs) 